It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to get me um, a beer. Hey, Robert, my husband Bruce is now in here. Um, you want a beer? No, I'll pass on the beer for now. You sure? Okay, okay. say hello to the Yes. So, hey. this is my sweetie. Hello. Um, <laughs> and I'm uh, pretty Hey, uh, Sean, pause that, would you? Am I wrong? His voice is Michael McKean from Better Call Saul. Saul Goodman's older brother. I'll pass on the beer for now. You sure? Okay, say hello. Yes. So, this is my sweetie. Hello. Um, Hi, I just happen to be here. I love you. I love you. I hear it. I hear you more. Enjoy your beer. Who would got here so far? Enjoy your beer. I'm glad you're here. I live here. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for coming by. That's Elizabeth Warren. Here. Uh, she is doing a uh, Instagram live video totally thing, natural. a chat with her supporters. <laughs> ah, sure. Trying to get a little of that uh, Beto O'Rourke love, where he was Facebook living all his stuff. Or <laughs> you remember Rand Paul? This dumbass <laughs> live stream. <laughs> <laughs> he was so bitter by the end of it. That was authentic. Yeah, yeah, that was authentic. I'm just doing this dumbass live stream all day. I don't know why. If I wasn't serious about running for president, I wouldn't be doing this dumbass live stream. Right. Oh, God, oh, that's Rand. right. Rand, Rand, Rand. That's right. But at least it was real. 
Yeah, it's it'd be tough to run for president, man. It'd be tough. Oh, like, yeah. I think she's completely sincere in her policies. I don't think she, see Hillary's a phony with her policies. Mm-hmm. She 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 just she's changed it throughout her life. Just whatever is going to benefit. It's impossible to know what her sincere. I think Elizabeth are, yeah. Warren fully believes all. And she's into that stuff. I yeah. also feel like her best window was last election. That happens Clearly. a lot, yeah, man. Yeah. That happens a lot. It happened to Chris Christie. Probably happened to her. Um, but she's first in. And she's out there in Iowa and getting huge crowds, I guess. And uh, Democrats are very excited about taking on Trump. The philosophy, I mean, if I was in charge of the Democratic Party, I don't know what I would do. I mean, what, what what's the philosophy? The new, young, uh, you know, leaning towards socialist, browning of America, that whole thing progressive? Or do you go with the, a more tried and true moderate? You're going to bring in over a bunch of those Trump working class voters to your side yep. and get the regular Democrat. They're going to vote for you anyway because right. it's a binary choice. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you do? I don't know. That's why Biden's in the lead. He's got the big money. People are all with Biden right now. Wow. There's no way. Really? If I had no. To, if I had to put money on somebody, I would put it on Biden. No, way too old. Way too every time he tries one and a half percent. Too prone to gaffes. Too many hashtag Me Too violations. Forget it. He's done. He does have... And, the, and I understand I'm going up against, you know, the, the political heavyweights of America, but y'all are wrong. <laughs> I was watching um, Rahm Emanuel's my new uh, favorite political pundit on the whole campaign race. He wow. was the guy who ran, uh, helped run Obama's campaign, and then was his chief of staff, and then the mayor of Chicago. A couple and of terms, yeah. But he's out of office now, and he is a cutthroat. Hard-nosed politician who no, who no, and not, who now has no reason to not just say what he thinks. Wow. Okay. Sort of like Chris Christie is. Chris Christie's yeah. a great pundit now that he's yeah. completely out of office. I'll look for his stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. But anyway, is he on uh, somebody's payroll at this point? Rahm Emanuel. He seems to be a face the nation guy. Okay. So far, but uh, he said yesterday. I thought he'd be a Food Network guy. It's going to have a new cupcake show. He said yesterday. He th- he thinks the the the, the field's going to winnow pretty fast. He he just think that's the way it's going to play oh, yeah. out. Oh yeah. And he said you got you can't because you can't be from Washington D.C. We're in a moment where people want they don't want anything to do with Washington D.C. Left, right, or center. And you can't be somebody that's part of it because if you're part of it, you're just seen. You mean you just get hung? It hung around you. Right. And Joe Biden is certainly that. He said you got to be an outsider like Clinton was, like Obama was, and then um, the the host jumped in and said, "Well, Obama was he a senator?" He said. And Emmanuel said, yeah, like for a minute and a half, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, that is a funny thing to say. they weren't claiming that at the time, obviously. Right. right. But, so, yeah. uh, but so the Democrats have decided how they're going to handle this field debate-wise. It's a problem the Republicans had. You have all these candidates. Who do you allow on the debate stage? How do you pick a nominee? What's the most fair way? You don't really care about fair. You want the candidate to win that's going to win right. the general election. But each guy on stage or gal gets three minutes worth of airtime, maybe. One gets a, a, a question, what do you think America's foreign policy ought to be? The other one gets asked, uh, what do you do about our nation's bridges? You know, and then you're right. you're trying to you know, have some sort of significant takeaway from that. It's it's. it's Chaotic. Well, it's ineffective. First of all, before you say, why the heck are you talking about this? The first debate is in six months. What? No, it's it's in June. Can you check that? I have checked it. A year and six months. I checked it and then woke up in the morning. It's like me. I set my alarm for 4.15 p.m. last night. Didn't do me any good. I checked it and then I woke up in the morning screaming and thought, no, I must have dreamed that. And then I checked it again. The first debate is in six months. No, I don't believe you. (laughs) I know you don't. That's how soon it is. And the DNC has already more or less done away with superdelegates. 
because that came back to bite them. Uh, and, and a lot of people saw that as unfair because a Hillary Clinton, for instance, sews up the superdelegates and it discourages a bunch of people that might have voted for a Bernie Sanders. That whole thing. Right. They're, they're really, they're really uh, aware of how many people feel like they rigged the system for Hillary, a mm. losing candidate. That's probably just because they did. Because they did. And it's funny, everybody refers to Donald Trump and populism, but that's a huge populist move. Not, it's not going to be the political pros, all the activists, the long timers, who are going to have a heavy say in who gets elected. It's just going to be the peeps. Now throw it out to the peeps. That's a very populist thing. Republicans had this problem. Who gets on the debate stage when you have that many? Because you can't have too many. Joe just described why for you know a bunch of different reasons. You can't have too many people on the stage at one time. But they don't want to go with the Republicans went with that 3% threshold. You had to have at least 3% in the polls. The problem with that is it becomes, certainly in the beginning, so much about name recognition. Right. And you could have a great candidate out there, out there somewhere that doesn't have a chance to get 3% in the polls. So they're going to go with a whole bunch of different factors, which... To me, sounds like, you know, eight powerful people get together in a room mm-hmm. and say, we've crunched the numbers, and here's who we've decided. You know what it reminds me of is college admissions. Uh, we're not going to use race as a uh, standard. We're going to use a uh, formula including uh, uh, background and uh, character and uh, problems overcome. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. We're going with foot speed, ability to throw with your <laughs> offhand. Oh. That's the Patrick Mahone rule. <laughs> you have to do basically the same stuff that they do in that Ninja Warrior training TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's and one stage. If you oh, can make man. it clear across and press the buzzer. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> the whole rope thing. Um, no, it's not so they're going to use... just run up the vertical wall? I don't, I don't understand how they do that. <sighs> have you seen the thing where you have to grab the pole that you're hanging on and then, like, jump, oh, pull yeah. it out, and then put it back on it's top like of this, a couple yeah. of... Yeah. salmon climb or something oh, like that? Oh, my God. Yeah. I ain't no salmon. That's a good show. My kids love that show. <laughs> Um, a lot so, of stuff like that. You need thick arms and a thin torso. Yep. I'm not that. <laughs> well, not exactly. I'm close. I'm a pear-shaped man in his 50s with that. <laughs> is that what you're looking for? Linguini uh, arms and a big belly. How's back, that? <laughs> back to the 2020 debates. So they're going to use poll numbers, grassroots fundraising support. Interesting. Um, uh, a variety of different local polls and all different. To me, that's clearly... A group of power, a kingmakers deciding who gets to be on the debate stage, which I'm fine with. Yes, and to me, a skeptic, not a cynic, but a skeptic. When I hear grassroots financial reports, I or, or, or support rather, I hear um, uh, the big time uh, check writers right now in a meeting figuring out how to turn big checks into many, many little checks, and they will do it expertly. They'll do it in a very, very smart way. Yeah, but I don't know if they're even going to use this criteria. Again, since it's a bunch of different stuff and they're mm-hmm. not, like, nailing it down, I think they're just going to, like the college admissions thing you just said. Yeah. They're going to get in a the room they say, this guy, the, the, the mayor of some state you've never heard of, some city you've never heard of, he could be a big deal. We need him on the stage. Mm-hmm. And they'll figure out a way to get him on the stage. Yeah. Which I think is fine. It's your party. You get to do what you want. Private organization. Good point. Um, the other plan is instead of having the two-tiered where you've got the, the headlining 12. The adult table. Uh, on the main debate, and then you have some debate earlier with some pretty serious people, like Lindsey Graham was in that and, and other people, but nobody watches that debate. Mm. They're going to randomly draw and have them mixed up. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. It's more fair. They're going to have two good debates? They're going to have debates randomly? on successive nights. Oh, I see. So they'll have a big debate on Monday night, they'll have a big debate on Tuesday night, and the the people at the, the top of the polls and the people at the bottom polls are mixed together randomly. Boy, it'll be like the Kentucky Derby. You're really hoping for a good post position. 
You drew the 20 hole. Oh, no! No! You're doomed. I feel like from a gamesmanship standpoint, that's the that's the best way to do it in sure. terms of, of making it so you're not stacking decks and such. Yeah. Although, who's to, you, you better be live. Show me, the, show me the drawing and the shuffling live. Yeah. Well, you know, I like... I kind of There's like no great way to do it. Well, no, there isn't. There isn't. And you must keep in mind that a political party is a private organization. They can do whatever they want. And, and that's fine. And it has nothing to do with the Constitution or the government or our rights or anything. If you don't like your party, vote for another one or form a new one or, 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 or yell about how they're running their affairs, which is what Democrats did. And so they're changing the way they run their affairs. That's fine. It's, it's great. If they want to do that, they can do that. But I kind of like the idea of the English, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, English soccer works like this and baseball used to ages ago. It, if You got like two tiers you got to play your way into the Premier League. Oh, relegation, I think, is what it's called. Uh, I'll take yeah, your yeah. word. Um, so, uh, you know, you got to have, what, two, three, forties uh, preliminary debates, and then uh, take a look at the polls and the rest of it. And, you know, if somebody just knocks it out of the park in the junior debate, well, you move them up. Hey, do you think it's, it's like, uh, who was Jack Welch said, you got to uh, fire 10% of your people every year. Or wasn't that? The bottom 10%. Bottom yeah. 10%. Well, that's it. You gotta have one or two people dropped every week from the main it's debate kind of the American stage Idol and way too elevated. Out. Yeah, you get rid of the bottom every. That's the way I'd do it. Do you think they'll recruit celebrities just to compete against Trump to kind of get that youth vote? I don't know. You remember Steve Bannon says none of these politicians are going to win. It's going to have to be an Oprah or something like that. I don't know. Hmm. But uh, I had one more thing. Oh, they're going to have a whole bunch of debates. So that was the other knock that a lot of people had with Hillary trying to control it with the super delegates and everything, super delegates and all that. They had. Four debates planned. She eventually gave in to six because of the pressure. Mm-hmm. And then they'd put them up against Sunday night football when they right. knew nobody was going to watch. <laughs> right. And all that sort of stuff. They're going to have like 20 debates. Woo! That's enough. Yeah. Of course, part of it is they might not be so fair if they had a, 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 somebody that was the best shot at taking on Trump. They don't. They don't. They got a wide open field. They, everybody's guessing as to who would be the best candidate. Yeah. You know, it's weird to me. Oh, we probably ought to take a break. Want to take a break? We, we got like a year and a half for this. <laughs> I have another thought, though, and it may be insightful. Only you six won't know months. You stay tuned. Only what? six months till the first debate. Don't say that. That doesn't even seem possible, does it? But wait till they start taking on each other, because they have to beat each other before you get a chance at Trump. Oh, yeah. So they got to take each other down. That's when it's going to get exciting. All right. That's six months from now. <laughs> no, that starts this week. Oh, right. Absolutely. You're listening uh, to All me. I know is, I'm going to have me a beer. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I think I like to think of myself as a trim tab, and all of us are trim tabs. We may seem like uh, you know we're uh, not up to the task, but we are, man. We're alive. We can we can really we can make a difference. I love Jeff Bridges. 
I have no idea what he's talking. What's a trim tab? Do you want the full context of uh, what his <clears throat> metaphor was? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he noticed that uh, you know he's most he's most famous for the geodesic dome, but he made a great observation about these ocean-going tankers. And he noticed that uh, the engineers were uh, particularly uh, challenged by how to turn this thing. You know, they got this big rudder. It took too much energy to turn the rudder to turn the ship. So they came up with a brilliant idea. Let's put a little rudder on the big rudder. The little rudder will turn the, you know, the big rudder. The big rudder will turn the ship. That little rudder is called a trim tab. And Bucky made the, the analogy that that, tr- that trim tab is an example of how uh, the individual is connected to society. Oh, I see. And what's called the great Jeff Bridges, quoting the great Buckminster Fuller? Um, uh, 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 Okay, that's a good metaphor. It's it's solid. I like it. And I like the great Lebowski, the big Lebowski. So Jeff Bridges, who got the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes last night, clearly, we we got a text from somebody who said, my husband did a commercial with Jeff Bridges and said he's 100% the dude. Yeah. So Jeff Bridges, back when he was a skinny, handsome, leading man in romantic movies, mm-hmm. was hiding his dudeness. Yes, clearly. To try to seem more suave, cool, in just, you know, the whatever dude you was abiding undercover, if you will. Yes. The real him was the guy in the robe and the T-shirt and the white Russians. Drinking the white Russians. <laughs> Writing a check for $1.37. <laughs> You know, it's funny. The Big Lebowski came up at uh, at Christmas time. My my daughter, my college age daughter, is still home, and she said, "You know, I've never seen that movie." And I started to go into my gush. You fell over. But you then, over no. But then I said, "Listen, it's one of those movies that you either worship or you don't get." And my wife says, "I don't get it." <laughs> it's perfect. Um, and so I believe uh, Delaney May and I are going to be watching. The Big Lebowski at some point. It's it's tough. She's home for about another week. It's a tough one when somebody sets up to you ahead of time, this is one of the most monumental things that will ever happen in your life. Enjoy. Exactly. (laughs) It's it's difficult to take it in because then you're you're you're, you're anticipating, you know, something. I was flipping through the channels one day years after it came out. Right. And stumbled across it and took it in that way. Same with, like, Napoleon Dynamite or various other Well, you've got to remember it becomes what it is to you over time. It's like there are albums I can mention that I just... I, to even hear their names gives me this huge, I'm talking rock and roll albums, fills me with emotion. I'm that way with the new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> Big contradiction. Yeah, I'm oh, that boy. one. <laughs> um, but it became that for me. And if you come to somebody gushing and gurgling and crying out the praises, of, yeah, you, they're obviously going to be underwhelmed if they watch it. You know, that's a reasonably funny comedy, but a... Uh, a stoned underachiever in Southern California, but I don't understand the hyperbole. No, you just got to let him take it in. I certainly don't appreciate his lifestyle. <laughs> so, a uh, couple and more that things. that rug really tied the room together. Yes? A couple more things. So, Rahm Emanuel on the wall and the shutdown and everything. Like oh, that. yeah. Rahm yeah. Emanuel getting back to, uh, mm-hmm. I like him as a pundit now because he's just being honest about the way politics works. Yeah, he's taken off his jersey and now he's like uh, Mr. Uh, hardcore Honesty. Here's a cynical view, but I, this is what we've always suspected. He said Trump's making a mistake 
if he actually gets anything. He says he's thinking like a a, a 37% candidate. He needs to think like a 51% candidate. He's better off with the issue than the solution. He wants to go into the presidential election with the issue, not the solution. And they said, well, what? he'll get killed by his base if he gives anything. Nah, the base will stay with him. They'll forgive him. They'll vote for him. Mm-hmm. It's He needs the issue to rile up everybody else. And I thought that's the good, cynical, honest way of how you handle politics. Well, I'm glad to hear him say that, because that's what we've been saying for years and years about the immigration issue on both sides. Neither side wants to, or quote, abortion, unquote, solve it. Right. Or a number of other issues. Oh, yeah. 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 Which is sickening. How about the de- Democrats in black poverty? Or educational underachievement, or that sort of thing. It's sickening that you would rather have the issue than solve it. Right, right. Because there's always another election coming, so it just keeps happening every two years. Right, but you keep whipping people up that you're going to finally bring you peace and salvation. You just vote for my party. You'll finally have it. Yeah, what about the last 15 elections? Yeah, right. It's cynical. I think, see, I think Donald J. actually wants the wall built. I think he wants the wall, not the issue. I get what Rahm Emanuel's saying, but um, I don't think Trump's thinking like a politician. I'm thinking he's thinking like a guy who wants to build a wall. No matter what you think of that policy, I think he's sincere. Mm. He understands the value of the issue. It's a reason he includes it in every single stinking speech. But I think he actually wants to build it. Back to the, um, uh, and briefly, the uh, the, the 2020 group that are going to run for president. Joe Biden's philosophy is, to himself and to others, according to the New York Times, is... You t- tell me who's got a better shot at beating Trump than me, and I won't run in this on this list. Okay. And I don't know who that would be. Oprah. Well, not, I don't know if she's on the list. True. If she's on the list, then maybe. Well, if he gets to make the list, that's not a fair question. <laughs> <laughs> if he just puts, like, me and Michelangelo, <laughs> like, we're not going to beat him. What's coming up your news, Marshall? <laughs> Democrat socialist Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on 60 Minutes last night. A lot of big plans fueled by fuzzy math. And the topic you really need to include if you want to be a success at online dating. And I got a great NFL play call from the wild card. You've got to hear this one. It's cool. over the top. I have said before, I don't think, I don't see how Oprah could lose. I think she's unbeatable hmm. in modern America, unfortunately. Uh, you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. We got a text from the D side of the aisle. Beto O'Rourke all day long. He is Vanilla Obama. Is that a thing? Vanilla Obama? Are people using that term? Vanilla Obama would be my version of that. Of course, I am a professional. Vanilla Obama. <laughs> Vanilla Obama. I feel like there'll be know, some sort of merging with the the old and the new. I think a, like a, a Biden Beto like president vice president thing something like that i don't know who's going to be oh, at the yeah. top but yeah, I, give him the understudy yeah. for a little while yeah i can yeah, see I that, that being the move let's get the news now with marsha phillips well newly elected democrat socialist congresswoman alexandria ocasio cortez was the lead story she fidel castro without the beard I got no time for communists. So I haven't seen the dancing video that I keep hearing about. But please tell me she was 18 when she recorded it. I think she was a senior in high school. She was a beautiful young woman. She still is? Uh, Yes, indeed. Uh, and, And quite clearly an adult from a biological perspective while she's doing her whirlings and gyratings. I would like to find out her age at the time of the video before so, I comment any further. Yeah. So somebody released the video on her behalf or not her. Somebody it came drug, out. dug it up. Or right, yeah. yeah. And then the controversy, the condemnation from the right began. 
according to all of the mainstream media. But now, there it is. There she's uh, doing her thing. Oh, boy. The guy in a Boston, uh, it's a weird, and she comes out with her uh, smile and her uh, fit, trim frame. And this is calling it a college video. I don't, yeah, I don't know the exact okay. age. All right. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> where was I <clears throat> before I was distracted by <laughs> gyrating young women? Uh, I have no. Where was my train of thought? Conservatives uh, started uh, blasting oh, the right, exactly yeah. the yeah. backlash. Except nobody can find an actual example of anything but like a Russian bot saying this is proof that she's not fit to. Because anybody who hears about it or sees it or hears, it, you know, everybody says the same thing. That's cute. There's nobody who's against that. And so you had Reuters and all sorts of the mainstreamers talking about the right-wing backlash against the video, which was completely non-existent. Boy, that's, that's interesting. So I didn't follow this story. I just took it in, like, I just saw about it headlines. All right. And I had the impression that there was some sort of conservative backlash. Somebody got that going, whether it was the right. Russians or whoever. Right. Yeah. So what are you going to lash back? A bunch of college know. kids dancing? It's cute. What it's would fine. You, what would you complain about? This is um. too short. <laughs> <laughs> There's too much of the other people dancing. Yeah, why, is, why are there any other people on that video beside her? Whoever edited that should have realized she's the star of this right. video. Before she was even a congressperson, <laughs> yeah, she's clear. clearly Everybody's the star of that video. Boston University stuff, so that's pretty clear. Okay. So she's... Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> let's get the news now. Back to the news. <laughs> Where were we? <laughs> Meanwhile, the congressman was the lead story in 60 Minutes last night. Cortez pushing hard on an ultra-progressive agenda among her proposals call for universal health care and well-paying jobs for all Americans oh, within boy. 12 years. Anderson Cooper wondering about all this. One of the criticisms of you is that your math is fuzzy. The Washington Post recently awarded you four Pinocchios oh my goodness. for uh, misstating some statistics about Pentagon spending. If people want to really blow up one figure here or one word there, I would argue that they're missing the forest for the trees. I think that there's a lot of people more concerned about being precisely factually and semantically correct than about being morally right. But being factually correct is important. It's absolutely important. And whenever I make a mistake, I say, okay, this was clumsy. And then I restate what my point was. I didn't have any problem with the second part of that. That just seems no. fair. The gotcha culture of politics is dumb. Well, right. And so this is what I see uh, uh, from that. And it's what I like about Trump. I want more regular people running. I think regular people can run the country. That's the idea behind democracy. You don't need to have a professional class that knows all the ins and outs of it because they've been in government their whole lives. When, when, when Donald Trump clearly didn't know what nuclear triad meant, he got blasted for it. He didn't know what that meant. He has a policy that our troops should not be in all these different countries. I am more interested in the fact that his policy is we shouldn't have troops in all these countries right. rather than... And that's what she's saying. Right. My policy is I want big government where we hand out money to people, you know, whether I got this number right or wrong. Now, she, Guevara, is wrong about everything. But the idea that if she says 10 million, she meant 10 billion, then goes back and says, I'm sorry, I meant 10 billion. Well, yes, but you said 10 million. Right. That's just stupid, stupid politics. On the other hand, to the substance of her uh, her proposal there, right. that within 12 years, everybody in America will have a well-paying job, no matter how productive or unproductive they are, needed or unneeded, what they're doing or not doing, they just they will be guaranteed that income. I will remind you of the sage words of one Thomas Sowell, the great philosopher. 
The political left has never understood that if you give the government enough power to create social justice, you have given it enough power to create despotism. Millions of people around the world have paid with their lives for overlooking that simple fact. Amen. End of screed. Who's the uh, Hispanic guy from uh, San Antonio that's running for president? Quite a few in San Antonio. A lot of Hispanic folks there. A lot of great folks. The mayor who is running for president, he's one of the other... Deval Patrick? He's one of the people that's officially in. Juan... whatever his name. He's one of the twins. Yeah. Ron Nirenberg? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just can't <laughs> no, that's a Hispanic name. <laughs> yeah. um, he was in Obama's cabinet. Oh, yeah, I know the guy you're talking about. Well, there are dozens of them at this point, and we're not... But locked. anyway, anyway, anyway. So it's fine. Yeah, his, his, uh, he actually said on one of the shows yesterday during his I'm Running for President interview, um, he said, you used to be able to raise a family on minimum wage, and you can't anymore. And I thought, what? When in when have you ever been able to raise a family on minimum wage? And he got away with that. Whoever oh, was interviewing him, right. I forget which talk show it was. Nobody said. No, I don't think that's true. That is categorically false. Juan Castro, but uh, another Congress. Julian Castro. Okay, there you Julian go. Julian Castro. Go. Julian right. Castro. What happened to his twin brother? They were all the rage like two election cycles ago that they were twins. Turns out it was the same guy. One guy <laughs> playing twins. All it was right. the inverse of the Olsen twin thing. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. In the NFL wild card, uh, the playoffs, Chicago Bears kicker Cody Parkey feeling the heat today. His last second, uh, last second field goal attempt hit the upright pole and then the crossbar before bouncing away, giving the Eagles a 16-15 win in Chicago to advance to the playoffs. Painful for Bears fans. Painful. Here's fly. the Eagles fly. Here's the impassioned Spanish call of that failed play. Ay, papa! No, senor! No, senor! Chicago! Chicago! No vamos para New Orleans! Philadelphia got a partido! Le dio al poste! Le dio al poste! Y falló! Parque falló! Los Eagles ganan el juego! Ay, papa! <laughs> <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! He starts breaking out into song. Oh, that's great! We need more. You don't hear that on a Joe Buck, do you? <laughs> Meanwhile, so millions of dollars on the line, obviously. Uh, People's careers, obviously, the hopes and dreams of fans. Right. Just the bounce of the ball. This geek has hit the uprights five times this season. You could stand there with a bucket of balls and kick for an hour and a half. Trying to hit the uprights and never hit him. Of course. And this guy is so snake that he hit the upright, then it comes down, hits the crossbar. <laughs> Could have bounced either way, bounces right in front of the goal. Too bad. Meanwhile, Chargers moving on in the NFL postseason. They managed to beat the Ravens yesterday, 23-17. to Next Sunday, Chargers face the Patriots. Is that the game in which I guess um, Al Michaels said, are they just making up the rules now, the referees? Oh, I don't even yeah. understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I watched that. It was nutty. It was. It's a whole replay nightmare. I know. I don't think things are better. It just slows down the game. There's many calls argued about now as there were before. And what am I supposed to argue about bitterly with my friends when we're half drunk? Politics? Just, no, it's the call last night. Just go with Could the, you believe that? Just go with the call in the field and keep the game going. <laughs> That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips of the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation.
That's Squawky. That's our bald eagle. We keep him chained up in the control room to symbolize freedom. Yes, so half of the time after the news, we declare ourselves to the conscience of the nation, and half of the time we play a bald eagle. That's how self-righteous we are. (laughs) Here on this program. There may be a little wink involved. All right. Um... Well, I don't know. I'm going to save the vaccination debate for tomorrow. Oh, that no, is, I don't even like that. That is about yeah. to go front and center, man, whether you like it or not. No, really? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, according to the Internet, uh, that kick was actually tipped. Oh, really? By one of the eagles. Got that, a hand, got a, one of their mighty claws on it. That's a mitt. A mitt. Exactly. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of, of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So sorry, Jim, but we're going to have to ask you to vacate the movie section and go sit with the TV folks. You're kidding, right? No, but you're on kidding, and that's on TV, so... Yeah, it's awkward because you're a hero, but we do have to ask you to move. You know, uh, uh, I just finished a film. It's called Sonic the Hedgehog. comes out in November. Oh, well, you know, come back next year. I'm sure it'll be nominated. So you're seen as being on TV if you're on Netflix, if not it, in the movies. If it's a series. Okay. Yeah. Um, was there any big... Those distinctions are becoming increasingly ridiculous. Yeah, it is. To the extent that it would matter at all, is there any big surprise out of the Golden Globes uh, uh, win the, or anything the best, I know? The best picture winners uh, for comedy and uh, drama both kind of being, uh, what? Are we sure about this? The So the Queen movie won for best comedy or musical. Uh, Which and, one was it? Really, that... That the got Bohemian mocked Rhapsody. by so yeah. many. Yeah, the critics hated it. What's the point? I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, the actor Remy Malek got it for his portrayal of, of uh, I'm sorry, uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury, and he totally deserves it. The movie does not. So he is it. the champion. He is the champion. Yes. Yes. No time for losers. Right. And uh, the Green Book was the thing that won for Best Picture, also being mocked, um, and not mocked, but being uh, the the the. The people in the industry were very much surprised about this, and this is shake. Oh, does this shake up how the Oscars? Are? You know, they're okay, well, very I'll, much. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right with that. Oh boy, I'll be okay. If I might return momentarily to the canceled women's march in Humboldt County, California, they canceled it because they realized it would be too white. Humboldt County is overwhelmingly white. And that's who was going to march, but evidently the social justice warriors of said county freaked out about that and were and they, plagued by some sort of intersectional social justice guilt. Did they want people to bus in from other counties? It's not clear to me at all. Here was the statement they made, canceling it, and I believe they canceled it, it was a number of days ago. Um, well, here's the statement. Uh We failed to have the type of collaboration needed to be inclusive of some of the most underrepresented voices in our community, namely women of color and people who are gender nonconforming. Well, okay, fine. You got an overwhelmingly white county with a bunch of white people marching. That doesn't make you comfortable. You you got a problem with that for some reason. As of right now, you have 12 days to drag every 
black, Hispanic, native, gay, lesbian, queer, Eskimo, amputee, just anything you want, anybody you want, to the mark, to the march, rather. Promise them donuts. I don't that just beg them and make it clear. How can you not get the few minority people in Humboldt County out to a march in the next 12 days? What's the matter with you numbskulls? But, you know, they canceled the march because they were feeling so guilty about how white it was. That is so crazy. You can't make this stuff up. How can you parody people who are this nutty? We're in the crazyville. And so you mentioned that yeah, you had a little survey there among your family. Yes. Do you think 2019 is going to be less crazy or more crazy oh, than 2018? More crazy without even trying. Obviously, that's the yeah. answer. Yeah. I mean, is there anybody who thinks it's going to be less crazy? In the words of Matt Damon, portraying Brett Kavanaugh unfairly on Saturday Night Live, I'm going to start at about an 11, <laughs> and I'm going to get higher real quick. Go up from there real quick. Yeah, because, I mean, for all kinds of reasons. Sure. Uh, the Mueller report will come out at some point. You got a volatile market. You got the, you got uh, the international presidential election going on with thirty candidates clawing all over each other to take on Trump. Right, right. And you got Russia trying to mess with us best they can, and mm-hmm. God knows what else that, that we don't have any inkling of. An un- unsettled Oscars forecast. Are we done with that idiot Michael Avenatti? At least we might be. I really like that one. I like those, but we should solicit new ones for the new year. Get some more. Here's final your, thoughts, please. Yeah. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show. Marsha Phillips, well, final thought? I have been asked to reconsider doing 10 push-ups in a row this year as my resolution. Yes. I am going to check with my medical team to find out if this is possible. Wow. I will I will let you know in wow. the next few days. Wow. Try to do three. <laughs> Positive, Sean. Your final thought? Yeah, the Golden Globes got it wrong on uh, drama and comedy, but they nailed it for the best animated movie. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best movie I saw all last year. It won for best animated feature. I am 37 years old. Wow. <laughs> Get that out of the way. <laughs> Michelangelo, your final thought? Uh, yeah, most stores have a 14-day return policy at least, so if you bought gym clothes and you're not using them, you can still take them back now. Yes. Great. Jack, a final thought for us? 230 years ago today, the first presidential election was held. George Washington won overwhelmingly, easily, as expected. And then he was re-elected. Every single presidential election since then has been ugly and dirty and embarrassing and scary for democracy. This one will be the same. And the most important election of our lives. Of course. Uh, my final thought is as I was recovering from surgery over a Christmas break, I, uh, I was humbled in a way, but in a good way. It reminded me of how much I need the people in my life, including my darling wife, Judy, and, uh, and my family in general, and my friends who were very kind and that sort of thing. And been a good experience you know we all think we're uh, we're the captains of our own ship and very very strong but man you need people you frequently really need people armstrong and getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday so many people thanks so little time email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com we'll see you tomorrow we're contractually obligated god bless america this is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence 
I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts.